Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode three of Death by Stereo. I'm TJ. Brent. RJ. And we actually have a new segment for you all today. Um, it's an, We want to do this in every episode. We're going to call it This Year in Horror. And we are going to select a year and then talk about all the different horror movies that come out that year. Mm-hmm. Um, ones that we haven't seen and ones that we want to see. Um, this was Brent's idea. Kind of like a nice retrospective, I think, of just getting to talk about some movies that maybe we forgot about or didn't realize came out a certain year. So Yeah, um, why don't you start us off? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so we picked The Greatest Year of All Time, of course, 1986 to start with. Um, 91. It, well, you know. So there were quite a few good gems that came out this year that I wasn't aware of. Um, some of the ones that I had listed, that I had seen and enjoyed, uh, Critters, Night of the Creeps is very good. Uh, Maximum Overdrive, which neither one of these guys have seen, I believe. Have you seen Maximum Overdrive? I haven't. I just had no interest in seeing it. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. I kind of saw it when I was younger, and I wouldn't really say it was scary, but I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. And I like Emilio Estevez, and he's in it. It's Stephen King, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I mean, it's it's about some like killer vehicles, and I don't really remember either. I know. That's that's the part that didn't really... Well, I mean, yeah, but... Watch like Transformers and their vehicles that <laughs> transform. So those movies are terrible. Well, hey, I like some. I like the, <laughs> the original first one ones. was good. The well, first two were good. The Mark Wahlberg one sucked ass. That's when I left. But anyway, um, I don't remember how the trucks got. I think it was like a comet or something that made the trucks come to life. And it was like it's not like Christine where it was like no, possessed. It was car. like trucks and appliances, and I don't know. It was like at this this like truck stop that like they were trying to get out of. I, don't, I really enjoyed it. I'll probably end up bringing it just to show you guys, even though you have an <clears> interest <throat> in seeing it, you'll watch it anyway. Um, my favorite Friday the 13th, uh, part six came out in 1986. Uh, that's my absolute favorite one because I just felt like first off has Tom Matthews in it, who I love and, and Corey Feldman. So two for two, a little bonus on that one. And I don't know. It's just funny. I just feel like it's, it just has a good time, and it's kind of goofy, and didn't take itself too seriously, and I don't know, I just like when a movie kind of leans into itself and doesn't try and, like, overachieve and kind of be what it is. Isn't C.J. Graham your favorite Jason? Yeah, because of that movie. Um, he I also mean, had the best costume. I did like the costume a lot, and um, I think this was the first one where he was supernatural, if I'm not mistaken. It is, yeah. It is. And then I just, I always... I just watched the Friday the 13th full series this year. Part six almost started like a, the like the second half of that series. Like yeah. it was all supernatural Jason movies, whereas like the first five were not really that supernatural. Well, and just now seeing all them this year. So he technically did not die until five. No, he died in four. Five wasn't Jason. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then six Ooh. is when they brought him back to life. Yeah. And I don't know. I just from somebody who didn't watch all the Friday the 13th until recently, I actually always knew Jason as, like, the supernatural killer, so, I don't know, I just, I felt like, after watching the whole series, that's just my... We'll have to do a spotlight on that whole franchise, because, like, yeah. I think we all have different favorites, and it'd be interesting to talk about all those. Well, which is nice, I mean, it's it's nice that we can each bring up the positives, the negatives, and I'm glad that we have a different perspective on what we liked about the yeah. series itself. I know for so sure many... that you and I have different favorites yeah. in the series. Yeah, um... Going through a few here, there's some I haven't seen. Um, so, Terror Vision, have you guys seen that? No. Terror Vision, uh, I've heard talked about on a couple of podcasts, and I don't know, I really want to see it. Um, I know that, I think Scream Factory has a double pack with Terror Vision, and... Um, I believe you're right. Yeah, yeah there's another one, I don't remember what it's called, but uh, that's something I wouldn't mind checking out. Um, 
Troll? I think TerraVision's on Amazon right now, actually. Is it? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. It's on Prime. Um, Troll came out in 1986. I have not seen that, but I've heard kind of good things about it. Um, what else was there? Um, Probably a couple. Vamp. I've never seen Vamp, and I've heard that's kind of freaky. Have you heard of it? I've uh, that poster I've seen before yeah, that I've you had pulled poster, up there, but, but I've never seen the movie. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure it's a foreign language movie, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, it almost kind of reminds me of what um, From Dust Till Dawn ended up being. Like I love that movie. I do too. And I mean, if it's anything like that, I'm completely sold. But um, yeah, so I mean, there's there was just a few. The second Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out. Um, yeah, that's I great. Seen that. I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I would like to see it. Uh, Chopping Mall. I and love that movie. The Fly are both movies. I, I love that movie to too. See, so um, <laughs> those are three I have seen for sure. So I mean, '86 I think was a good year. Um, Aliens also came out. So I mean, that's there's quite a few. I don't know if you call them classics, but quite a few big horror films that came out that year. So I mean, it's the '80s. That was like yeah, like peak horror. Yeah. Yeah. I, one you didn't mention was Poltergeist 2, mm-hmm. and I'm going to actually talk more about that later in another segment, but that one's, I like that one a lot. I've never seen it, um, so... It, it's not better than the first one, but it was, like, a pretty good sequel. Is it the same premise? Like, is it the same <clears throat> family yeah. and stuff as the first one? It's the same family, same premise. Um, the uh, the older sister wasn't in that one, but the actress, like, died oh, after oh. the first movie, so she Did they... Was there, like, a reason in the story why she wasn't in there? Did they just kind of gloss over No, they didn't really. I don't remember. I don't recall if they said anything mm-hmm. about it. Um, but, I mean, it was the, the daughter, the same little girl, and, like, the parents were the same actors. And it's essentially the same premise. It continues on from the first one. See, I like when they, like, obviously I don't like when, you know, like, an actual actor-actress dies in a film. But <laughs> I like when they, when it does happen, and they, like, effectively write that character out. So it's not just like, hey, you know, this character is just not talked about, not here. I like when they try and weave it in the story. Right. And even if it's, like, an off-screen thing, like, it's just cool that they're mentioned. They, they might have they might have had something at the beginning. I mean, it's been a little while since I've watched it, but I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think that they did. Yeah. Um, he mentioned Night of the Creeps. That's one I like a lot from 86. Yeah. That's just a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I like all the callbacks and um, references to, like, uh, other horror movies. Um, Chopping Mall. He, you said you haven't seen Chopping yeah, Mall. I want to. Though. That one, that one's pretty corny, but I love that one. Like, they, the the name, like, it's the one thing is I feel like it's mismarketed because the title and like the poster make it seem like a slasher movie, but that's not it at all. Huh? It's like killer robots. That sounds. I'm good with that though. That but it, cool. yeah, I like it. It's got Barbara Crampton in it. Nice. So, nice. um, and then you mentioned Friday Six. That was one I was gonna uh, throw out there. Yeah. And The Fly, of course. The Fly is on a lot of people's, like, best horror movies of all time list. I mean, that's... And that's a remake. Like, the original one with Vincent Price wasn't even as popular as the yeah. David Cronenberg one. Uh, but, I mean, who, who doesn't love Jeff Goldblum? He's great. I have a young Jeff Goldblum, too. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, a ton of hair. It's crazy. Oh. Some two of the... Uh, some ones that I had never seen before that I thought looked interesting were You'll Die at Midnight and Monster in the Closet. Uh, Monster in the Closet sounds like it could be kind of corny, but... Both of those sound like uh, pretty interesting movies that I haven't seen. I think it's funny that the poster from Monster in the Closet says, It's coming out! <laughs> I love taglines. I'm going to guess that neither of you have seen those. No, I no. haven't. What's, what, which what ones the first were those? What? what were they about? Or Do you have like synopsis? Um, if not, it's fine. I can look them up later. Yeah, I, I probably can. Well, Monster in the Closet, what was the first one? Uh, <clears throat> You'll Die at Midnight. You'll Die at Midnight. I definitely haven't seen that. 
some of these, if we keep, like, track, we could possibly watch those on our movie night, like, yeah. and it would be one that none of us have seen. Yeah. It's one called Entrails of a Beautiful Woman. That sounds interesting. Manhunter. I mean, Manhunter of the ones I've seen, I think my favorite from that year would have to be Night of the Creeps or Texas Chainsaw 2. See, but in 1986, I mean, Aliens... I think oh, Aliens is great. The yeah. most significant one that came out is Aliens because... Or The Fly. It, the Fly, but I mean, Aliens... How many Alien movies are there? I know. Not not including the Predator movies. There's there's four, and then there's uh, Prometheus and Covenant, yeah. so six. Predator's in that same realm, though. I mean, yeah, but I would, I would have to say the most significant movie that came out that year that started really something was... I would agree. If I had to pick my favorites real quick, I would say Night of the Creeps, Critters, and Maximum Overdrive. Were prob- the, and should, obviously Friday the 13th Part 6. Those are my top we four. Need to, we need to I would also go with Friday the 13th Part 6. You like that one? I do. What, what's your favorite, Friday the 13th? I would say Friday the 13th Part 6. Oh, really? Oh. Um, I like the cuss. <laughs> I, I just like... I mean, Wait, there's... were you going to say you like the comedy? No. You, you, you started <laughs> no, to... No, I wasn't. I said I like the costume. Ah, damn it. That's why you don't interrupt. <laughs> damn it. Um, but I don't know the storyline, the the plotline. Some of them, I can't remember which one it is. It's maybe when it goes from four to five. Four is the one you he's not in a right. That's five. 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 Yeah. One one of them he dies in a blue jumpsuit, uh, a green jumpsuit, and then he comes back in a blue jumpsuit. Like as he's. I think when you told us about this before, you were talking about Five. And I know in Five he is wearing a blue jumpsuit, and he's got, like, the the blue on his mask a little. Is mm. that what that's probably what you're thinking of, I think. Mm. You're probably, yeah, because I think, doesn't he die in the fifth one, and then it's Roy? Well, it's not Jason in the fifth one at all. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just Roy, spoiler okay. alert. <laughs> yeah, you've had, like, I know, I know. tons of years to watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I didn't know you liked the sixth one that much. I, know, I feel like if we do, we should do a spotlight episode on the yeah. Friday the 13th, because I got a lot of facts about that, too, because I've, I've watched, like, several different documentaries, and that could be a really fun one to explore. Well, and it's an iconic series. I mean, whether you love it or hate it, everybody has seen at least one Friday the 13th movie. Everybody knows who Jason is, except for, um, did you ever see that, that dipshit that was interviewing uh, Jamie Lee Curtis about the Halloween movies? Oh, yeah. And, and he, he said the Jason mask. Yeah. <laughs> she gave him a look, like, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? <laughs> So, going back to Monster in the Closet, uh, it's not a very big plot, but it says, after a series of murders in in San Francisco that all take place inside closets, a reporter and his scientist friend decide to uncover the mystery and save California. Is that directed by the same guy that did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2? It's coming out. (laughs) Some of the listeners will get that reference. (laughs) Dallin? 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 Well, Dallin. Bob Dallin. I was just kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> there was a Trick or Treat movie that came out in 1986. Yeah, it's not. It's not the one that not I talk about all the time. Well, I knew that, but I didn't know if maybe that was a remake. I need to show these guys Trick or Treat because they've not seen that one. Dead End Drive. Doesn't that look like um, Matthew Broderick? No, Matthew Broderick. Um, who is the guy in? Uh, There's something about Mary. Matthew. Oh, Matt Dillon. Yeah. I, I think it looks like The Crow. <laughs> The guy looks like the crow, kind of. Sort of. That's a really good movie. You could, you could kind of call crow. that horror, couldn't it, you? It's, I feel like it's like action horror. Yeah. You like Spawn. Nope. Oh, my God, dude. I'm, I'm hoping that's dude, horror. is that Manhunter on there? Yeah, Manhunter. I want to see that one, because that's like that's a Hannibal Lecter movie, but it's like yeah. before, it's pre-Silence um, of the Lambs, so I feel like most people don't talk about that one, but I'd like to watch that, because it could be good. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a Screen Factory as well, actually, but I don't have that one. 
Any other ones that we feel like are we need to highlight or mention? No, I mean, I think we covered, like I said, my favorites were probably Night of the Creeps and uh, TCM2. I'd say in the grand spectrum of things, 86 wasn't, you know, the greatest year in horror ever. I mean, it had some had some good, good Yeah, scenes, and we I should think. note that his whole comment about 1986 being the best year is just because that's when he was born. Also, that's your he Drake. He has a very big ego. That's the year Drake was born, so just throwing no that out No one cares. Well. People like Drake there. I, Drake. I mean, I just meant nobody. And, the, and we're talking about horror. Whatever. Screw Drake. Whatever. Remember you said that. <laughs> so, um, we'll probably pick... We'll pick a different year each episode. We may jump around the different decades. Uh, I just felt like 86 was a good place to start because it's right smack dab in the middle of the 80s, which yeah. I think a lot of us consider is one of the best decades for horror, if not the best. Like, Yeah, I think when I when people ask what your favorite is, my favorite's the 70s, but I do th- I can't lie that the 80s is probably yeah. the best because that's where like most of the classics came from. I just, I just feel like there's a special place in your heart for a lot of 80s movies in general. I don't know, 80s are just a fun time, I assume. Well, yeah. we're both 90s, 90 boys. Yeah, Rich, okay. or RJ and I are 90s, but we've got an old you fuck over knees. here talking with us. He, get, he has to put up his walking cane before he comes to sit down. <laughs> his knees crack when he sits down. <laughs> I mean, I'll race either one of you any time to prove who's in the best shape, so let's do this. That's all right. My leg hurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, now your fingers are going to hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. <laughs> What's that from? Tell me. I know it. Happy Gilmore. Happy Ben Stiller. Oh, okay, okay, okay. My fingers hurt. Oh, now your oh. going to hurt. You just pulled landscaping duty. Landscaping duty. Yeah, yeah. Landscaping duty. All right. Uh, another one that I kind of came up with. This isn't going to be a reoccurring segment, but just for tonight, I wanted to do um, the top five movies are, that have scared us from like when we were like from our childhood or even up to our adult years. Which I think adulthood is even better because, I mean, when you're a kid, like, dumb shit can scare you sometimes. Like, The Lost Boys doesn't scare me now, but when I was a kid, right. it scared the shit out of me. But movies that scare you as an adult, I mean, that's that's a little bit deeper. And it's, so. like, it's rare growing up. I, I was one of the people that actually did watch horror movies even when I was a kid, and it was rare that one actually scared me. But, like, there's a couple on this list that I couldn't watch again until I was an adult because... I was terrified. Do we want to just each go around and say one and then kind of go back around? I feel like it... Yeah, I mean, that works. Um, even if you don't have five, like, we don't have to do a full five, but I have a list of five here. Mm-hmm. Um, I can start us out. We like, may overlap. We probably will overlap, <clears throat> I'm sure. Because... I'll start out, like... Uh, my number five was the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, and it's not... I only say the remake because that came out when I want to say I was... I can't remember how old I was. It was early middle school. I think it was like 2003? Yeah, it was early middle school, and I hadn't, at that time, I had not seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I didn't realize what I was missing out on and how much better that one was. I do like the remake. I'm not discrediting it. It's just that um, I had actually seen the remake first, and it was that, like, beginning with the documentary-style filming, and they were showing, like, the sites of the uh, murders, and... um, I, at that time, did not realize that it was just loosely based off of Ed Gein, and I thought it was, like, actually a real thing that happened, and I was terrified, and I didn't even live in Texas, but for some reason, I was still worried about Leatherface, (laughs) and and when I first saw the movie, I I was scared of it, and, I mean, now, as an adult, I can watch it, and it doesn't affect me the same way, because I know it's, that's not what, those aren't the events that occurred, like, and although, yes, some similar things have happened, like, it's just a movie, and I'm not afraid of it anymore. But I was, I was terrified. Like I was 
for some reason thought that I had to watch out for Leatherface, even though I lived in Ohio. So you get scared every time you hear a chainsaw. No, I'm not even afraid of chainsaws. Like, when I go to, like, the haunted mazes on Halloween and stuff, and someone has a chainsaw, I'm like, I don't know why people freaking scream. Like, it's not scary. No. And now I love that series. Like, I can watch all of them, and, like, it's not... I don't think it's the, like, least bit frightening. So you think maybe it was just because you thought it was... I think... I was... It was, like, early middle school, and, like, I was young, and I thought it was real, and I think just the... That footage at the beginning of the remake made it seem like that guy was like actually there, like the, the kill sites and did a like good job. and it, and you saw like the fingernail scratches down the wall and I thought like oh my god like this is disturbing and but again that was then. Yeah, this is now you're you're a big boy now. Kind of. <laughs> Give us your number five, Brent. Um, so mine aren't in any like order of scariness. Uh, but <clears> I just came up with some. So I, I was going to do another one here, but to kind of to go off of what TJ said, it's perfect. So mine is Paranormal Activity, the original. Um, when I first saw this, I saw this with one of my sisters and one of my friends in theaters. And there was like maybe, maybe 10 people in the theater. And it was like an early screening. Not much had come out about it. And it was obviously presented as, you know, like this really happened. And then he's like, this is the footage and everything. And knowing that now that it's not, and it's, you know the franchise is kind of ruined at this point. Like, it's probably not as scary, but when I first saw that and didn't know that it wasn't real, I mean, it scared the shit out of me. Like, my sister and I drove separate, and she was like, hey, like, I'm going to wait in the car till you get home. Like, you have to go in with me. I mean, because it's freaky. Like, yeah. and I, again, it goes back to, like, the conversation we had about Jaws and about sometimes when you don't see the monster, it's scarier and it's better because, you know, your imagination is way worse and way scarier than anything you can see ever. And so to never see the ghost or the demon, I mean, but and to just watch this couple like slowly descend into madness, like just fucking creepy. And anybody that knows me, uh, my childhood home was haunted and um, my grandparents' house was built in like the early 1800s and one person committed suicide there and another person was murdered and that place is, like, super fucking haunted. So I've kind of been around this stuff my whole life. And uh, so, I don't know, that kind of hit close to home to me. So I really like that movie still, and it still kind of gives me chills during certain scenes. But And I saw that as an adult. I mean, I was probably, like, in my I don't know, early to mid-20s whenever that came out. And it still, like, it screwed the shit out of me. So I, I really enjoy that because, it, like, you know, I feel like once you're a certain age, you think, like, oh, nothing can scare me anymore. You know, like, you're, you know, I'm a man. And to have something like that, like, freak me out was... It was very cool, so I really enjoyed it. I still love the first one. Like I know, I know the series got a little bit much, but rails. I do. I still like the first one. Like I only own the first one, and I'll, I'll rewatch that one. It's good. Yeah, I won't own the other. It was ones. effective, and like the way they filmed it, it was yeah, it was good. Did his job. RJ, I would say my one I'd start with would be the original It. Ooh, um, yeah. I it ruined clowns for me forever. I was as soon as after I'd watch, I I can't even remember how much I. I watched of it. I definitely saw the first scene with Georgie, and that's the main scene that I remember terrifying me. I, actually, I think I may not have watched anything after that, but that just ruined clowns for me completely. When his demeanor changes in that scene, um, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, Tim Curry played it so perfect, and you know he's like this. I'm not afraid of clowns, but you know he's like this charming clown. He's disarming with his you know his humor and everything. And then once his face changes and he, he turns into, like, this evil demon that eats Georgie, like, that, I mean, that scared the shit out of me. Like, I, 
this movie is actually on my list as well. I'll, you know, I'll wait for my turn, but that scene scared the shit out of me. When you see his face like snarl when he comes after Georgie, like I can vividly still see that in my mind. Yeah, and I can I can remember being a little kid and just being freaked out by that. I, yeah. I actually I don't think I watched the full movie until I was um, almost out of high school. So it's not that I was scared of it. I just like especially when I was younger, I was scared of it. And I just remembered that scene. That's, yeah. yeah, it's still like creepy and unsettling, yeah. and I I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I would say that the '90s one is even to me creepier than the new one. Oh, yeah. I do love the new one, but like the the '90s one, like I think because of its age and because it's an it's old, there's something about that that makes it creepier too. Well, you can't really compare the two side by side because kind of like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah, it's a remake, but it's different different levels of I won't say terror, but different levels of. Yeah, I guess you could say yeah. you could say terror. Well, I don't want to be that guy, but CGI in in horror takes me out of a movie. In, in anything else, like I don't care. Like you know, in the Transformers or whatever, or Avengers, and or Avengers like and that. Star Wars. Like I get it; it's necessary. It helps. You know, there's just certain things you can't do with practical effects. But in horror, CGI takes me out of a movie so quick, and it it makes it not scary and not real to me. And that was one of my biggest gripes in the new it, which I love, by the way. I mean, it's I think it's fantastic. But, you know, the scene where he eats Georgie's arm, like, I remember sitting in theaters, like, you know, kind of on the edge of my seat anticipating when it was going to happen. And then he opens his mouth up, and, like, it just shoots out, and it just looks fake. And I'm like, like, I remember thinking in theater, like, fuck. Like, that okay, just it was more totally... effective when, when they had it. In yes. The, yeah. It just totally took me out of it. Um, and Oops. I... Yeah. No, I was going to say, that's saying something, because it was a TV-made movie. You can't really... It's hard to compare the two, like he said. It is, but I... I but yeah, it was more effective in some parts. It was, in, like, the scene where, um, in the original... <clears throat> I don't... You remember this by now, where there was, like, a little girl or a little boy outside her house, or his house, and the kid's on a tricycle, and there's, like, laundry spinning, <laughs> and the kid sees Pennywise, and, you know, he's dancing and doing his thing... And then it, it spins around, and, like, you can briefly not see him a few times. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it spins around again, and you can see through the sheets, like, his face turns. Yeah. And he's coming after this kid. And then all of a sudden he goes and gets the kid. You don't see anything, and you just see blood, and you see the tricycle wheel spinning. Like, I, I got chills telling that. Like, oh, that I know. That, that part is creepy. And I, I'm not afraid of clowns. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about clowns. I'm not afraid of clowns. I'm afraid of Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, Tim Curry. I mean, even his old wheelchair ass, like, put that makeup on him. He is freaky. Um... But yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. I mean, it's it's on my list. Uh, I don't mean to kind of like go out of turn here. No, you're fine. I mean, that I mean that's definitely it'll be. We'll just one start. For me. You'll you'll be the one starting. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I just and I I saw this kind of young as well, and I, I mean I, I wasn't afraid of clowns then. I'm not afraid of clowns now, but watching that movie now still like you know is is very freaky and. There were parts of the new one that I think were definitely freaky and very good, and I liked uh, Bill Skarsgård's interpretation of Pennywise. Uh, I'm, I'm not somebody that hates when somebody goes out on a limb, like, different characters of the Joker, like we've talked about, you know, I I can appreciate Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker, because, you know, every, everybody puts a different spin on it, I don't want the same guy doing, you know, the same role every time, so I really enjoyed both, but the original one still, still definitely freaks me out. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah, we'll just spin that um, I put... The Exorcist slash Exorcism of Emily Rose. And I know, I wasn't a big fan of Exorcism of Emily Rose, but I put that on there just because it it was like the one I saw. I, that was the only other one I had seen after The Exorcist when I was older. And I think it was just both of those, the idea of like possession, like devil, the devil possessing you. Mm-hmm. Again, this was like early middle school years. And 
I had this, like, I would wake up sometimes at, like, 3 a.m., and, like, that was always called, like, the, was it, the, the, the devil's hour? Yeah. And, like, I had always, like, I would just freeze in bed, like, thinking, like, oh, fuck, like, <laughs> there's, so, I hear a noise, like, the devil's gonna possess me, and, like, again, that is, that was a movie made in the 70s, and, again, I know the, the follow-ups weren't as good, but yeah. it's, it was that effective that, like, I was in, in middle school, and I... I don't personally believe in that stuff, but, like, at the time I did, and, like, it freaked me the hell out, because, like, mm-hmm. I thought that I was going to get possessed, and I kept waking up at, like, three, in between three and four, and, like, I would get really hot and, like, hear noises and think that, oh, I'm about to get possessed. And... Well, if you remember, the same thing happened in Paranormal Activity, because the film would always stop yeah, at, like, a certain yeah. time. And Amityville. I in think Am- it did in Amityville yeah, Horror, too. Exactly. Um, and so, The Exorcist was also on my list. Uh, I saw that for the first time in its completion. Again, in my 20s, and it scared the shit out of me. I mean, it's still for a scary. movie in the 70s, like, I just felt like it did such a good job of, like, the mood, the atmosphere, and not showing you a ton. I mean, and, I don't know, I feel like ghosts and, like, demonic possessions scare me more than, like, you know, vampires Same, yeah. or werewolves or, like, anything else. Like, because I, that stuff theoretically could happen. Some people believe that's in that stuff for sure or believe it's all around us. Like, so to me, because it could be real or might be real, like, that scares the shit out of me. And The Exorcist is is very good at what it does. Well, and the thing is, is like I just said, I don't even believe in that stuff, and it still scares me. Yeah. Like I want, it's like I want to believe in it because yeah. it's fun it's to fun. be scared. Yeah. But I, it, it's that, that shit still scares yeah. me to well, this day. Going off of both of what you guys said, the uh, possession that came out in two thousand twelve, that was probably I haven't seen that. It's have you seen it? I think I have. I'm pretty it's, sure. There's a. Does it have um, it the, Jeffrey Dean Morgan in it? I can't remember. It's, okay, sorry, go ahead. The, the, the plot of it is this little girl finds an antique wooden box, and it ends up being... That's the one, yeah, that's the one with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. It ends up being um, the thing, it's a uh, it's a Jewish um, belief in demons. Um, they call it the Dybbuk. And uh, that's what they keep the demon in, is that little box. And it basically possesses this little girl. And I've, it's heard, very, that's, it's I've very, heard that's good. It is good. It is very good. I, I enjoyed it, and it, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit... It I, don't, I can't say it scared me, but it gave me chills. Again, though, it's just, it's that theme, that demon possession, like, that shit got to me when I was younger, and... Yeah. Another one that goes along with that is, you mentioned it, the image of a horror. The original one is really fucking freaky. That didn't scare me for some reason. Like, the other two. It just, it just, it did. I I, I guess because I like that, that story of, like, you know, like, this idea, like, American family moves into this home, and, you know, it's a new life for them, and all of a sudden things just start to go wrong and it's like they're just sent into madness and I think I think it's the idea that scares me and it's like like I'm like a, I'm like a sucker for little shit like like eyes in a window or like I guess I don't want to be shown the monster with a flashlight like you insinuating the monster's there or something like sinister's around I think to me is scarier than like hey you know here's this the big thing over here look at it I just I feel like I enjoy that because I feel like I've mentioned a few like you know, that, like, with Jaws and with Paranormal Activity and you know, certain things where, like, you really, you either very little see the monster or you never see it. And I just, I really <clears throat> like that. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, do you guys have more? Do you want me to? Um, you can go. I'll try and think of another one. I mean, I have a list of five, but I'm just going to skip to my number one because I want to discuss it before we go into our movie reviews. Yeah. But, and, and I, I mentioned this one because... This is my movie next month that we're going to do for movie night. But my number one was Candyman because when I, again, it doesn't scare me now, but I saw that when I was in like the fourth grade 
and that shit scared the hell out of me. Like, I, I could not go into the bathroom for, like, a while by myself because, like, I was too afraid that he was going to be standing there in the mirror, like, looking at me. And there's a part uh, I don't want to tell you, damn it. I can't really say the part that I want to, that really scares me because you haven't seen the movie. So, good thing I'm showing this next month. I'm intrigued that that, I'm excited to see it, especially now that you said that, because if you have that over, like, it and the exorcist and some of these other movies like i'm excited to see i mean i'm not expecting to be as scared as you were as a kid yeah it, i don't want to overhype it either but i'm, because, I'm yeah i'm excited to well see it's it, a though. fucking great movie but it's not scary now as an adult but you could probably you guys could probably watch it next month with me and see where i was afraid of it as a yeah. kid probably I have a funny story to go with that, so... I mean, really quick. Yeah. The Bloody Mary thing back... Like, when you were a kid, did the Bloody Mary stuff scare you? Like, yeah. if you say... It yeah, did? Right. Exactly. And, like, yeah. I think... The candy Man movie is... I remember is, doing that in high school. Yeah. And that stuff scared me when I was a kid. Like, when going into a dark room and saying Bloody Mary like that, that freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And, like, and Candyman is this very similar, like, okay. story to that. So, if you, if you can imagine the Bloody Mary, uh, like, urban legend or whatever you want to call it from back when you were a kid, like, it's, it's like that. I think it's funny, like, everybody thinks, like, oh, it's not real and it's stupid, but it's like, nobody wants to test it, you know? You're like, like, it's funny until somebody's like, go do it. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like oh, what don't you do? You know what? I changed yeah. my mind. It could be real. Uh, so, back, I think it was like 2012, it was my first ever Whorehound convention, and I, I had yet to see any of the Candyman's, um... I know who Tony Todd is because he was in the remake of Night of the Living Dead. And the Final Destination yeah. movies and like all kinds of stuff, yeah. But he's been in a lot of stuff. So um, I met Tom Savini, who is, you know, a horror legend, is responsible for a lot of stuff that we love today, like Night of the Living Dead. So he did Friday the 13th makeup work. Yeah, not um, the one you guys like. Exactly. But the one that's my favorite. Well, yeah. <laughs> so um, I had just met Tom Savini and got his autograph and um, was BSing with him for a few minutes. And my family and I were like standing in the middle of this room because it was our first convention and we were just, we're kind of getting laid to land. But all of a sudden, Tony Todd comes over and he's like, hey, I'm going to use you guys as cover. And we're like, for what? And Tony Todd and Tom Savini were having like a rubber band war, like right in the middle of this that's convention. Awesome. In the middle of like regular people. I'm like... Like, how cool is that? Like, you know, I don't want to get the fucking eye of the rubber band, but I mean, if it, it, it's funny. Like, it was just a good time. So it's just kind of cool that I'll always remember that and I'll always kind of have like a like a soft spot for him just because of that. Like, I don't know. I want to meet him meet. really bad. Like, I, I haven't been to a con with him yet, but yeah. I, I would love to meet him. And I've I seen him do a couple like in costume photo ops. <clears throat> That's like, that would be on my bucket list for, as far as conventions. Like, mm-hmm. I love that movie. He seems really nice. So I mean, I'm excited to watch it. Um,. I've been putting it off, too. Like, that's one that I wanted to pick earlier on in our, our movie nights, and I had been pushing it back because I had gotten myself into, like, picking a series or something, and, like, these bitches wanted me to finish the series. And Well, this bitch wants you to bring what we do in the shadows as soon as possible. Ah, I want to watch it so bad. Uh, do right. you guys have any more? Do you want to go ahead and wrap this up? Um, <clears throat> I could probably m- mention Child's Play. The first one? Yeah. Okay. Well, not I probably, like, the first or second one. I... I um, watched pretty much all three of them, um, not right after the other, but, you know, at, within the same week or so. And, um, again, it ruined, like, dolls for me. Um, my mom had this doll since she was uh, 13 years old, and uh, somehow I found it, and it just freaked me out, and that's exactly what it reminded me of was Chucky. So she goes and she hides it. And oh. one day I'm digging through the closet, and what falls on me, kind of like in Child, kind of like in Child's Play 2, it's a doll she put up <laughs> on the top shelf, and it falls on me just like Child's Play 2. 
and I run out of the room, and I'm screaming everything else. That exact same day, she's getting ready to throw it away. And right when you go through the garage and walk in the door, the stove is to the right, and that doll was just sitting there laying on <laughs> laying on its back. So <laughs> it followed me, and it just, yeah, Child's Play just ruined dolls for me. Dolls are creepy. Like, I wasn't necessarily scared of Chucky, but dolls in general, like Dead Silence. Dead Silence was good. I was surprised Freaking creepy. I like, yeah. I don't like dolls. Like yeah. I can't remember what, it was a book. I, it wasn't a movie, but... Um, my stepsister that always used to babysit when he, babysit me when she was little, when I was little, there, the, there was this little blue doll that essentially sucked the life out of people and it would make it look healthy and youthful and shiny and everything else. Was it a movie? It, it wasn't a movie, it was a book. Mm. And basically this doll was kept in this family for years and nobody realized why, like their kids were dying, why different people were dying. And they began to notice like the doll you know, if it didn't get what it needed, it, you know, its skin would sag, it would get all wrinkly, but in the end, like, you know, dogs up, like, coming after them, because, I don't know, I can't remember, it's been so long, but, like, just her telling me that story, it just kind Sounds of... like a terrible children's book. There was an episode it was, of... It, was, it wasn't a children's book, I can't remember what it was, it was creepy, it was creepy. There was an episode of, um, Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid, it was a dollhouse one, and that fucking creeped me out really bad. I love that series. Don't know if you remember that. If you guys, if anyone so. had seen that episode, but that was one of the like couple of episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that creeped me out as a kid because I hate. I don't know. I'm shocked and angry the fact that that's not on any streaming service and it's not gotten a proper DVD release. Like I know there was like I got a well. No, it isn't. I was at when I was at Horror Hound, they had a bootleg so. of it. Are you afraid of dark now? It's not on Netflix. No, no, it's not. But, um, I wish it was. I got a. I did get a bootleg copy. I know. I just... <laughs> it's not good. It's not good quality. I wish I could have a, a good quality of the whole series, but it's still like it, it's tying me over for now. Well, it's just crazy because like anybody that you mention that's, that's like around our age is like, oh, I love that. It's so such it's, like, a good show. How how has that? It's, it's probably a rights you. issue. Like I'm sure yeah. like someone's holding on to that. Probably it's that's just stupid. Right. Um, I will mention one more. I won't say a ton about it because RJ hasn't seen it, and I'm gonna bring it, or one of us will bring it probably pretty soon. It follows. Really freaked me out, and like, I, I can't say a ton about it, but if you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. Uh, just the threat of something being out there constantly, like relentless. I mean, I don't know. I hadn't heard much about it. One of my friends showed it to me, and I was I was blown away. I really, really liked it. And I thought I think it's one of the best horror films I've seen this decade. I mean, easily, easily top five, if not one of the best. So um, you'll hear us discuss that in a later episode because I'm definitely going to bring that at some point. All right, so I think that wraps up the <clears throat> movies that scared us growing up. Beware. If you want to check any of those out, I mean, we're going to be watching Candyman next month, so if you want to. Uh, check that out before we discuss that on our next monthly movie night episode. Maybe it scared um, you. Maybe you think he's a pussy. You just we need to find out. You know? Yeah, just we all have up. our we all have our thing. You know, like <laughs> like I think like I said, I think dolls are creepy, but it's not like I have a phobia or anything. I guess not, I don't avoid them. It's just that they are creepy. Yeah, they're weird. <laughs> Anyways, we can we're gonna go ahead and jump into our reviews of our movies that we watched this month. We did uh, the nineteen ninety nine Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Um, the sequel to Wolf Cop, which is another Wolf Cop. Damn right. And for our Christmas horror, we did Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Um, so our first one was The Mummy. So I'm going to go ahead and let RJ kind of um, introduce that movie, and then we'll go ahead and discuss. Tell us a little bit about it. So I watched this when I was nine years old, and I'm 27 now, so it was quite a while ago. But um, right from the... And, and some people in my family make fun of me because of 
how much I loved this video when I was younger. Um, I, I really, I cannot say anything bad about the movie. I know people, you can go online, you can find negative reviews about it. But for the time period that it was made in, from the, uh, from the special effects, like the, the sand wall with his face, to the music, to the authenticity, to the, you know, to trying to be fairly accurate with the Egyptian mythology. Um, and I've always been big on Egypt. Um, you know, it just, it, it's a very well done movie, I think. It's not over the top, you know, it's, it has good, I think, fairly <clears throat> good actors, um, has a very good plot, um, and, you know, it's, it has enough of a direct tie-in from Boris Koloff in the 1932 Mummy that it still gives, you know, respect to that movie, but then it also, you know, it, it also carries its own weight fairly well. Yeah, it's interesting, because RJ is our um, resident Universal Monster uh, he's a huge fan and probably our ex we would call expert. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think if if correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you tell me that this is probably the only remake of the originals that you like better? Is that right or wrong? Or yeah, I would because I mean there's I I think the only one that they have not made yet. Uh, I don't think they've made a remake of the Invisible Man. I and they they've been talking about it, but they haven't made a remake of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. But um, I liked the new Wolfman, but I mean the the Mummy is really the only one that um, that really made Universal. This was kind of towards the beginning. I think they had already remade Dracula, but this was more towards the beginning where Universal had started to remake these movies, and the Mummy really pushed them to, you know, gave them a reason to try to do it. Um, I don't think it, most of the other ones. I don't think were. I I like Dracula. I like the Wolfman, but. I think the mummy was kind of in a league of its own. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I I love this movie. Um, I remember going to see the Mummy Returns in the theater because I was so pumped because mm -hmm. I loved the first one so much. And it, I I I watched the the original Mummy just like the last few years, and I honestly probably do like the remake better myself. Um, I had already seen this before we watched it for movie night, but one new thing that was new for all three of us was we got to watch it in 4K, and it looked great. Yeah, I, I noticed a lot. Like, I had never, right in the beginning, seen when they show the pyramid and it's zooming out. Mm -hmm. I don't remember being able to see the individual blocks on the pyramid. Yeah, it... I think it was it, impressive. I was impressed. The 4K transfer was nice, and I think a lot... There were probably a few effects in there, but most of the effects held up and, pretty well. And you can see... The pasties. I couldn't see the pasties before either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big, uh, big plot part for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the the transfer held up really well. I think the effects were really good, and that's what's crazy too. Is, I mean, if you hadn't told me that this movie was made in 2018 or 2000, or I mean 1999, whatever it was, I think the effects were really good and, and probably ahead of their time at this point because I've seen newer movies with shittier CGI than that. Hell yeah. I mean, and that's what some people get knocked the movie for, but, I mean, it's really not that much, though. What, CGI? Yeah. I mean, that, that the face in the sand was really, you know, the main CGI part. Once he becomes, once he gets all of his organs back, there's really not a ton, well, not a ton of CGI. There's the some walking, of the, like, skeleton-type mummy was CGI. Yeah, and then when he when he calls those um, some of those guards up, some of that CGI. But it The bugs are. And the bugs. But, I mean, it wasn't... 
it wasn't blatant. Like, it wasn't like a piece of shit Michael Bay movie where, like, you know, the trees are CGI and, like, everything Yeah, I'm not is. complaining about it. I'm just saying, like, there is a lot, but it's not bad. Like, yeah, it's no. good. Uh, I mean, you know, as if, if you could probably tell by listening, like, I'm not a huge fan of CGI, but I loved it. I mean, I... Like, I, Return of the Mummy, you know, that, like, the Scorpion King, you know. That was, that was terrible, that, yeah. that just, that just, you know, there's this huge build-up to uh, see him, and you uh, see him, like... And it looks like you're playing I just want to get up and walk out of the theater now. I do like that I movie. I still like the movie, the sequel. The I do, bad. but that CGI Scorpion King is bad. It yeah. does look like you're playing Tomb Raider video game on PlayStation yeah, it is, or something. It is bad. But, uh, but I, I've seen this movie before as well. I saw it as a kid, and I loved it. And I was actually excited to watch it again because it's been a while. Me too. And, I mean, I have a DVD copy of it because I think I have, like, I have two or three in, like, a cool box set. But it was cool to see it in 4K. Um, it looks amazing. sounds amazing. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's got really good pacing. Like, you're never bored in it. There's not a ton of downtime, but it doesn't, you know, rush you from point A to point B and, you know, the beginning to end. I just, the action is good. The comedy's there. I mean, I think it's... It's a very well-rounded movie altogether. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I mean, it's something I could I could watch all the time over and over again. I could show it to people. Like, it's just a fun time. I like... I think maybe this movie spoiled me because I saw this one before any other Mummy movie, but I like the idea of the Mummy having to, like kill its victims and steal its organs or like it's you know what i mean to become whole again i know uh rj showed us um was it called the mummy's tomb or hand or um the the, the first one was the mummy's hand but i chose the mummy's tomb yeah and so like when we watched the mummy's tomb like it was a different type of mummy where like he was being controlled to do like another guy's bidding Mm -hmm. So he was murdering for that guy rather than, like, to try to, to like, rebuild himself up. And, right. I, I, again, I think this movie just spoiled me because I, I like that version of The Mummy better where, like, he has to, like, suck out your eyes or something to, to get his eyes back and stuff. And I really like that part. Well, it's funny because the roles are reversed because he has Benny doing his bidding in this one. So right, right, right. He's, like, the puppet master. But, yeah, I mean, it just, I don't know, like, the acting was, was really good in it. I mean, you, you, you feel for the characters when you're supposed mm. to. I mean, you root for who you're supposed to. I've got to say, one observation I made as an adult, you know, when you're a kid, I think you're, like, you're blindly told who to root for in a movie and who to cheer against. Like, this is the bad guy and this is the good guy, and you only cheer for the good guy. But I feel like on some rewatches as an adult now, you root for the I can relate for the, to the bad guy. Like, when I watch Ninja Turtles, I root for Shredder because I'm like, he's got good points. He's not wrong. Like, just just get one, one mission complete, you know? Just quit getting fucked up by the turtles. And in this, I feel like... You know, he, okay, he loved the Knox and the Moon, and sure, she was supposed to be married to, you know, the king or whatever, who seemed like a douchebag. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, he basically got murdered and tortured in this horrible death just for, for loving somebody. So, I mean, I don't know, like, well, I wasn't that, as against him as I used to be when I saw this originally when I watched this. Well, and that's the interesting correlation because um, I don't think, I think TJ has seen the original Mummy, but I don't think Brett has. In the original Mummy, she dies of a disease. Like, in this one, they, they create, like I said before, they do their diligence and do their, you know, respect to the original movie, but then they go off on their own, where on this one, um, they kill the pharaoh, and that's why, you know, she ends up killing herself before the car- guards kill her, but in the original one, um, she dies of a disease, yeah. and all he wants is just to bring her back, yeah. and the guards catch him, and he's, you know, it's essentially illegal, and, um, I don't know, it kind of back to your point of view it kind of makes you root for him a little bit more and you know he was resting peacefully in his tomb and they came and disturbed him so it's not like you know 
he's this, you know, horrible monster that's been, you know, like, walking the earth trying to kill people. Like, he was just taking a nice little snooze, you know, and I mean, they were just the murdering of and... innocent people that makes him bad. I'm just saying that's the only thing that would, I think would yeah. make him. Yeah. But those dumb American cowboys, like, I, I wasn't at all sad when they died. Oh, hell no. they're idiots. Like, I mean, he eats that guy's eyes and eats his tongue, and I don't know, that was cool. And you get one good quote out of this movie that lives on. One? What, what's the quote? Bugs, what bugs? I hate bugs. <laughs> I like Benny. You're yeah. on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side of the I river. know, but I think that's the only one that's actually, like, <laughs> quoted. After yeah, this yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a lot of good one-liners. Brendan Fraser, in my opinion, this was his best role by far. I've seen him in a few other things, but I love, like, I root for him hard. I feel like he really fit, like, the action star mold in this, where normally he's just, like, kind of goofy. But I don't know. I just, I thought it was really good. Okay, so we'll go ahead and do the ratings now. Um, again, this was this is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I gave it a solid five. Um, you can nitpick it apart if you want. You, you can find negative things about any movie, but I think it's I think it's really good, especially for the time period that it came out in. Yeah, I gave it a four point five. I'm biased. I love this movie as a kid, but there are I I went ahead and like subtracted a point five just because there are a couple small parts that probably didn't hold up as well effects wise, but it's not that bad. Like it's I love it so four point five for me. Yeah, I gave it a four point five as well. Um, I was excited that you picked this because it's it's a movie that. It's not one of my all-time favorites. Like, it wouldn't be, like, top ten for me, but I love it. And it's something that I always enjoy watching. If it's on, I wouldn't turn it off. Um, I mean, it's a really fun watch. I mean, it's got, you know, a love story for people that like that. It's got some, you know, horror kind of scary elements. It's got action adventure. It's got a good story. I mean, I feel like it's it's a complete movie. It's got everything. It, anybody could find something to like about this movie, and I feel like not a lot of movies can say that. So, uh, I mean, this was my highest-rated movie that you brought um, haven't given me Lucifer five yet. You know? mm-hmm. but, it's uh, elusive. It's very elusive. But no, I, I love this. I would recommend it to anybody, even if you've never seen anything else about any of the mummies. I think it's its own. It's a good standalone series by itself. And if you like the original mummies, that's great. You know, this can kind of build on that. But if not, this is its own thing. And um, it's got what two sequels? Uh, I've seen. Well, the spinoffs too. The I've not Scorpion seen the Kings. spinoffs. Well, I, ha- I have. Uh, the second one to this is actually really good as well. I, I like it. I like Mummy Returns. Some of the you know CGI effects, but it's got a lot of the same mm-hmm. actors and actresses, and continuity's big for me. So um, I, I I like this series a lot. So it was it was a very fun watch for me for sure. So yeah, cool. so uh, thumbs up from all of us. That's for sure. almost like a Hall of Fame for all three of us because I mean, me and you were shy of a point five, but yeah, like it's that's pretty close. Like we don't get very often that we're all that close. No. And, and I, I think mean, we all unanimously recommend this for sure. Anybody oh, that's seen yeah. it, I mean, do yourself a favor and watch it. It's a great time. And I, I mean, I would watch the whole series. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. They're fun. For sure. Right, so great. moving on to another wolf cop. So if you remember the last episode, I had showed these guys wolf cop and it told the story of a small town, Drunkard police officer who... Lou Garou. Lou Garou, who really didn't give a shit about his life or anybody else's life. He was drinking his way through, you know, his... Uh, job. Job, life, life. mid-40s, probably. Um, he gets incidentally turned into a werewolf and becomes a badass wolf cop. So, this was the direct sequel. Um, it basically picked up where the original left off, and... 
Um, we find Lou fully embracing his wolf cop alternate persona. Um, he's not running from it. He's not hiding it. He's kind of flaunting it. Um, he, he tries to keep himself locked up um, during full moons, but he inevitably will break out and try to you know stop all the crime and mischief. Um, uh, what's the what's the lady's name? Do you guys remember? Which um, one? The, the lady, cop? the chief. Yeah, I've got to I got to find that because I feel like it was like Daisy, but I don't think that's what it was. No, no it wasn't Daisy. I honestly um, can't remember. I apologize. If you want to look it that's up, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up because I mean she's a big character because she returned. Um, she was probably my favorite character in the She was really funny. Two movies. Someone else returns. That's supposed to be People it. People return. You know, it's it's, it's Wolf Cop. I forget his name too, but um, oh jeez. <laughs> Cop. Cricket, cricket, cricket. I know. Cricket. <laughs> I'm pulling it up now. Another wolf cop. Come on, damn. Taking forever. The poster for this is freaking sweet. Um, Tina Walsh. So, Sergeant Tina Walsh. So, uh, she was the deputy along with Lou from the first movie. She's now the sergeant because, obviously, they killed the other sergeant who was a shapeshifter. So, again, just a reminder that we are spoiling things in case this is your first time listening. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll spoil the crap out of everything. Um, but so Tina's taking charge and Tina kind of has the wolf cop kind of on a leash and kind of uses him to her advantage to help, you know, fight crime. But she also is trying to keep him hush hush because the town is like there's whispers of a wolf cop, but some people think it's fake, you know, and she's trying to keep it that way. So, um, it was kind of fun. And then Willie Higgins makes a surprise return from the dead. So it turns out that he was kidnapped and put in some, like, jello-looking goo and put on ice, and a shapeshifter... And violated. Very violated. (laughs) And a shapeshifter assumed his body. So he's back with a little bit of a twist. Um, Kevin Smith is actually in this as well as uh, Mayor Bubba, which was kind of cool if you're a fan of um, any of Kevin Smith, the Jay and Silent Bob movies. So, yeah, so basically Wolf Cop is back. Um, He's fighting crime. Uh, There is a guy named... Pretty stupid fucking name. His name's Sidney Swallows. He's like this, supposed to be like this rich, you know, playboy philanthropist who came back to the small, crappy town of Woodhaven and he's trying to, you know, make it great again. And he brings this um, brewery called, was it like Chicken Milk? He's like Chicken Milk. Chicken Milk. Chicken Milk. You should know. They drive that into the ground. Fucking name, also. But he makes this Chicken Milk factory and he basically, it's a way to infest anybody who drinks impregnate. it with, like, impregnate them, infest them with, like, this little, like, alien uh, shapeshifter. So, uh, I mean, it's it's goofy. I mean, again, it's a werewolf cop who fights crime. But, uh, I don't know, it was, it was goofy. Um, you guys want to talk about it first? And uh, just share your disdain for yeah, it? Yeah, I... So I didn't like the first one, if you listened to our first episode. And I was expecting to like this one a little more um, with it being a sequel. And it was actually, I had the opposite effect. I, I did not. I liked this one less than the first one. Uh, the, like, the outrageous humor that, of this movie, or these movies, um, I just feel like it was recycled in this one and like kind of driven into the ground. Just my opinion, by the way. Um, like, the chicken milk thing. Like, I just thought that that was... They, they, they kept talking about that and just was supposed to be funny. And maybe it's just the humor's not for me, like I said, because I wasn't laughing. And um, and that was supposed to be a beer, too. 
Yeah. yeah it, was, it was like a stout. I will give this movie credit. Um, with a sequel, you always want it to up the ante, and this did that. Like, it made it more outrageous. And so, in that aspect, like, it was a successful sequel. Um, it, 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 like, continued on from the first one, gave you more, and that way I would say it was a successful and sequel. And by more, I mean, you probably mean another awkward sex scene. Well, if that's what you're looking for, it was it was here for you. <laughs> I, I I do love Kevin Smith. Like I, I watch all of his movies. Like I listen to his stand up. He's a like I like him, but I feel like his it's almost like they paid for him to be in this movie to like have the name in there. But he was kind of wasted. Yeah. Um. He was in like two scenes I think total, and but he has that same type of ridiculous humor. I mean, you see him put out like yoga hosers, and he wants he's gonna be making a movie called Moose Jaw. So. It fit, it's fitting, but I feel like they could have used him a little more. Um, I, I, that character, what's his name? The the one that they that died in the first one and oh Willie Higgins. Willie yeah. Higgins, like, I feel like that character has potential, and that's their that's their big like funny character. Like that's probably my but his character. joke. I see. I disagree. Like, I feel like his jokes like they they're set up and then they like they fall flat for me. Like, I'm like, oh, it's so typical and like ridiculous and. I don't know. I did not like the part where he had the little uh, alien being like creature growing off of him, and I thought that part was stupid. Like I wanted to laugh, but I thought it was stupid. And yeah, my favorite part, honestly, the the part I, I did laugh at one part, guys. Um, there was a part when uh, what was he watching on the TV? Oh, uh, he was watching. Um, it was like a soap opera. It was like a like a. The daily like soap opera. What did they say? Like I know, see, I can't remember, but I know I laughed. One at that guy, part. like a guy, got a diagnosis, and he's like, "You have cancer," and then Wolf Cop like cracks up. Laughing, <laughs> yeah, so he's like, like he's watching, and the doctor's like, "You've got cancer," and like the Wolf Cop guys on the couch like, oh! and then he's like, "You also have AIDS," and he starts cracking up even louder. And I'm like, okay, I'll be honest, I laughed at that part because that's my kind of humor. Like, yeah, it was, it was irreverent. It was funny. Um, and I don't want to trash. Like, I'm I'm not trying to trash this movie because yeah. you showed it to us for a reason, and yeah. I know that you may not think it's the best, but. And, and you were hoping that we would like it, but I, mm. I also got to be honest, and it just wasn't yeah. my kind of humor, I guess. Like there, like I said, that one part cracked me up, though. Mm-hmm. RJ, I'll stop. Uh, I'll get off my pedestal and let you talk a little. I mean, I can't really add too much to what you said. I didn't really like this either. Um, you fell asleep during part of it, so, you know. Yeah, and I also had a long ass day. I didn't fall asleep, so that's one yeah. thing. I but, um, I, you know, I'm not really much into... I can do comedy horrors but when it gets to the point where it's just ridiculous and i mean tj mentioned several points where it's just you know kind of like roll your eyes and oh my god really but um yeah i really can't say too much for it well i enjoy the wolf cop series and i enjoyed another wolf cop and i think for me something i like and i think another wolf cop did to a t is I've mentioned before that I like when a movie kind of knows what it is and doesn't try and doesn't try and be too serious or too pretentious. Like this is about a werewolf who's a police officer. Like I don't expect this to be like it's a completely serious plot Academy line. Award winning, you know. But I love this one because it it like TJ said it upped the ante completely. There's a scene at the end and it was exactly what I wanted where the wolf cop is posing as a hockey goalie for this local team. And he ends up fighting some of the other team and some of his own team. And he's, like, you know, shoving a hockey stick through people's chest. He's, like, knocking people's heads off. He's, like, ripping their arms off. Like, 
it was just so over the top ridiculous. Like I just loved it. <clears throat> and the practical effects were here as well. Um, we see the wolf cop get injured and we didn't really see that in the first one much. And the way he gets healed is he snorts, uh, crushed up moon <laughs> rocks rock, like yeah. from the moon. And the lady who gives him that is Willie Higgins' sister, who we find a out were-kitty. is also a werewolf. Kitten. Yeah, she's a were-kitty, isn't were-kitty. she? Were-kitty. I don't know. I, I thought she's she was a like, cat. Yeah, like a were-cat cat or whatever. <laughs> but, and, you know, like these guys look forward to and love, they they get it on. Well, actually, so well, Lou is human this time, and she's a werewolf. And she... But if you're wondering, you get to see full-on wolf dick you this do. time. Like, not just the transformation, like, it's just dangling in your face. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, like, werewolf boobs as well. Like all oh, the cat. six or eight of them, yeah. No, it's, it's just got like six all the, the teeth, like the, <laughs> the cat teeth. teeth and... yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's just, it's just funny. It, it just, I get, what drew me to this movie is the concept of a fucking werewolf that's a cop. And, and not like, you know, because I feel like most of the time when you watch any kind of werewolf movie, when the person goes from person to werewolf, they're a totally different person. They don't remember anything. You're like, yeah, how did I get like this? Whereas this guy is straight out werewolf and he's pulling his gun out and shooting criminals and you know biting people like it's just funny i think it just comes down to if the humor clicks with you or not yeah like, and that's what i i brought this because i thought i think that's hilarious and i thought that you guys would appreciate i don't fact. blame you because a lot of the times we do have pretty similar like senses like art i mean the humor we usually like we mm-hmm. both love uh, return of the living dead yeah. um you were right i did like dead snow like that was funny I don't it just know. comes a certain point that it just gets ridiculous. Well, I just don't think it clicked with me. Like, yeah. that's just it's not going to work for everybody. So. I think some of the effects were. I mean, the, the practical effects were were good, but some of the CGI was. I don't know. Like, it had like a sci-fi quality, like we said in the first one, which that kind of bothered me a little bit. Um, I think the plot was rushed on both. Like, I feel like we jumped around a lot in both, to where it's like. We were, like, you know, in a hurry to get somewhere instead of just trying to take our time and trying to flesh out the story and some of the characters. Because I feel like there is a good story here, like, an an interesting story, but I just feel like they just rushed it and they just had a lot of ideas they wanted to just kind of get through and go. And, you know, again, the second one just leaned into what it was and it was just a big, gory bloodbath. And I love how uh, the liquor donut store and the Asian owner, like... I do like how that became like his um, his signature, like his marketing. Not, not his signature, yeah, but his uh, his like sponsor. Yeah, yeah, he was like sponsor. the unofficial official sponsor of Wolf Cop, and he had like the Wolf Cop underwear, he had Wolf Cop hat. You know, like he was like, oh, big fucking Wolf Cop. Like, <laughs> I, I think it was funny that he was like the town mascot almost, and you know, he didn't exist, but he did exist, and uh, it's um, like, oh, ha, ha, good one. He did a, a stereotypical Asian gas station. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't know, I. I, I think it was funny. I mean, it's not it's not my my favorite series by far, but I I really enjoy Wolf Cop, and I just think it's I don't know. I think I think you'd have to watch it to see if it's for you or not because I thought that these guys would at least enjoy it. Um, and and it was kind of just me on that front, but I don't know. I just I, I appreciate the effects. I appreciate you know the fact that they didn't try to be too serious and they basically just said you know what we're gonna be a big fucking guy in a wolf cop outfit and we're gonna go get into some mischief and and it was fun so um i mean they left the door open for there could be another wolf cop there could be another another wolf cop i mean i I think they definitely left this to where there could be more but i don't know that we'll see another one because i mean they're kind of they were definitely low budget and i think they're definitely kind of a niche thing that not a lot of people have heard of or have seen so 
you know, time will tell if we get any more, but um, you guys want to give your ratings for it? <clears throat> yeah, I gave this one a 1.5 out of 10, or I mean out of 5. <laughs> uh, I gave the first one a 2, and I like this one less, so I went ahead and gave it a 1.5. Yeah, so I, I gave the first one a 2.5, and I gave this a 1.5. Um, yeah. What do you think was, I mean, a whole point lower on the second one as opposed to the first one? It just, I, like I said earlier, just, you know, when when it just gets to a certain point, that's just ridiculous. I mean, it, you know, I can appreciate what you said, and it makes sense, yeah, too, but, like, um, like what TJ said when, you know, that little thing's coming out of his stomach and, you know, there's just, there's just little points that's like, okay. Yeah. My point, my point less was honestly, I, the main thing is in the first one, I did kind of like the, the shapeshifter storyline and this one, I didn't really like, what were the aliens? I think he, they were shapeshifters too, I think. Well, yeah, but it felt like alien stuff and, um, I don't have anything against aliens, but it's just that I didn't really particularly like that and... Like, the plot in this one was, instead of what they were doing before, they are trying to impregnate, because they, they couldn't reproduce. It was wackier. So that, that whole point was them making this this beer, know. or whatever it is, this chicken milk, whatever you want to call it. And, I don't know. You know yeah. So TJ's, I... TJ's sneering right now for everybody that uh, everybody can't see. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I gave this a two... No, you gave it a three. Did I, I give it a three? Okay. Uh, I gave it a three out of five. So a three for me is, it's enjoyable. Um, I mean, it's something that, I, I like this one a lot better than the first one. I feel like the first one is just, you know, kind of a vehicle to get us to this point. Because, mm-hmm. I, again, I feel like the first one kind of wasn't sure what it wanted to be, whereas the second one just totally owned it. So uh, I, I think it was good, worth a watch. Uh, again, not my favorite series ever. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to... A lot of people, I think it'd have to be to certain people that I think would find that funny, but... Um, I don't blame you for, like, trying it, though. Because, yeah. like, I... Based on other things that we've talked about and you've mm-hmm. shown, like, it does seem like something I might have enjoyed. And I could see where some of, like, some of the jokes, like, you want to laugh, and you could see where there was, like, a good joke there, but the punchline kind of fell flat. But, I mean, I think it was a good effort, and I'm, and I'm glad that somebody decided to make a uh, werewolf cop movie because it's something we never had before. So, you know, I appreciate the effort of not just, you know remaking the same movies and trying to reboot the same tired franchises and, and trying something different. So, you know, that gets some points for me as well. So, um, I mean, I think that's, I think we pretty much, pretty much yeah. covered it. So another Wolf Cop, um, <clears throat> we can't unanimously recommend this one for sure, but, uh, it, I mean, you've heard what it's about by now. If you think it sounds funny, give it a shot. Um, if you haven't listened to episode one, uh, feel free to go back and check out our review of the first one too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you, I, I found this at Best Buy. It was kind of a limited edition two-pack. Uh, TJ said that at one point he saw Wolf Cop on Netflix. Oh, um, definitely, yeah, it was. It, it, it's probably a movie you can catch on there or maybe on another you know, streaming service if you're interested. So, um, you know, maybe check it out. Yeah, it's not currently streaming. I checked uh, before we started talking about it. It's not currently streaming on any website, but yeah. like he said, you can find it. And yeah. Physical. So, yeah, on to find our... It our well, yeah, you know, find it in, you know, your mother's house. So we're going to move on to our final yeah. movie. RJ's mother night. loves that wolf dick. She does. She does. She's the one that keeps talking about it. <laughs> what can I say? It's mesmerizing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, movie three, I picked Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, I wanted to go with a Christmas horror for December, 
and I had already shown these guys Black Christmas and went with Silent Night, Deadly Night. This movie follows a kid named Billy. Um, it's Christmas Eve, and he and his parents and his baby brother are, they went to visit his grandfather at the, uh, I want to say it was an insane asylum. I think it's a nursing home. Or a nursing home, but he was, he was pretty, in, like, cre- like, crazy, so it felt like an insane asylum. Um, anyhow, they're on their way back from visiting Grandpa, and they're getting ready for Christmas, and <clears throat> they get stopped on the side of the road by a guy dressed like Santa. Uh, Santa is a, he just had uh, held up a liquor store, uh, killed the guy that worked at the liquor store, and he stops them on their way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so he stops them, and the dad rolls his window down. The guy pulls a gun on him. Uh, he shoots the dad, the car. He tries to drive away, but they crash. Um, Billy gets out of the car and runs and hides. Um, he, he kills the dad, and then the mother uh, is assaulted and um, killed. Raped. Yeah, she wasn't. I don't think she was raped. She was just kind of like sexually assaulted we'll get, and then we'll killed. Get to that later. Yeah. Anyhow, um, so then we flash forward and Billy and his his uh, baby brother are at an orphanage where Billy gets abused by the uh, the head sister at the orphanage and they kind of just show you what life was like after he had the post traumatic stress from that night and he doesn't like like he doesn't really like Christmas and. Santa. Santa's kind of like his trigger. Um, ultimately, the movie, it shows a little bit of his past at the orphanage with the sister and the abuse, and then it flashes forward to him when he's 18 years old. We get a little corny montage of him, like, getting his first job at a toy store and him becoming the employee of the month, and it's a little cheesy right there. And um, Anyhow, it, it gets to the point where they have, they have to have a Santa set up at the toy store, and he gets recommended, and... Uh, shit goes south from there. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a slasher. Um, he goes around and he kills everybody who's sinning. Um, <laughs> he goes being, kind of being naughty is the yeah. terminology, TJ. And uh, and he goes on a rampage and it ends. Not to spoil the ending, but it ends with him getting back to the orphanage. Uh, there's a nice little twist at the end with that too. Yeah. Um, fun fact about this movie: actually, it came out in 1984 around my birthday right us along the same time as um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And obviously A Nightmare on Elm Street was a huge success with the franchise it became. But when these two movies were in the theaters, this one performed better at the box office than hmm. A Nightmare on Elm Street did. And A Nightmare on Elm Street's way more than this movie is today. Yeah. So obviously it, it grew in popularity with its video sales and um, it got... it it brought in its cult following. This has a smaller cult following, I would say, but it's not nearly what Nightmare is. But it's funny that these two movies had had come out in November of uh, 84, and this one performed better at the box office. So I found that interesting. You know what I think, and this is just a theory, I think what may have hurt that is I think that movies that, I think the whole premise revolves around a holiday, I feel like it's a very niche thing, and I feel like, whereas like Friday the 13th, you could watch any time because it's just, like, it's not set in a, in a certain, like, oh, it's only around Christmas or around Halloween or anything. And I feel like maybe sometimes that can hurt, especially because you don't associate Christmas with horror a lot of times. Like, there's a lot of Christmas horror movies, sure, but you associate Halloween with, with murderers and serial killers and monsters and stuff, whereas, like, Christmas is, like, a nice time. It's so, funny that you say that because that's why I love the Christmas yeah. horror movies because I love Christmas and horror. Yeah. And so, like, to mix the two, it's like, how can you take something so innocent that you love as a child and then, like, add in these 
these horror elements. Like, and I, I, I love like that. that, but I'm thinking, I'm, I'm just guessing maybe the reason it didn't blow up like Friday the 3rd, or um, I mean, I'm sure it is because maybe, I think people want to keep well, Christmas pure if they, if they in a way. they came out in October... I, th- I think that would have been interesting. Let's be to see real. A Nightmare on Elm Street's the better movie. Sure, it, I'm it, not it gonna... is. If it, if it would have come out in October, I, I mean, I guarantee you, Nightmare on Elm Street would have performed. Now, this movie actually, like, there was a lot of controversy with this movie when it came out. Um, there was a big group that came out and protested, and they did not like the fact that um, the killer was dressed like Santa Claus. Yeah. So it actually got banned for a long time because, mm. which is funny because we've had so many other slasher types at this point, and this one was just like. All the other stuff that happens in this movie, but no, don't put a killer in a Santa outfit because that's yeah. that's just kind of funny because I don't know. Anyway, so that's the summary of the movie. Um, <clears throat> again, we've mentioned this earlier. Spoilers. It's too late if you weren't wanting spoilers. We've already done that. Um, so I actually just saw this movie for the first time a couple years ago um, and still have yet to see the sequel i just actually bought a screen factory release of silent night deadly night 2 and have not watched it but i mean i know the the big line of garbage day in that one but is it a direct sequel yeah it's so uh billy's baby brother in this one ricky so the killer in the sequel is ricky okay so anyways these two gentlemen's first viewing what you guys think yeah uh i really actually liked it um so i had seen I've seen a lot of posters and advertisements for this because Scream Factory just did a re-release of this. And, you know, if you're big in the horror community, Scream Factory is Scream Factory and Arrow are two of the biggest um, companies that, you know, release older films or, you know, films that didn't get a lot of love or sometimes they just do really cool versions of stuff. And so I feel like a lot of people have been getting this lately and I've seen on people's Instagrams and Facebooks, you know, a lot of people posting about this. So uh, I loved the artwork on it and I was just very curious to see it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Like you said, I think it was cool that, you know, it took something so innocent and everybody associates Christmas with, you know, Santa and people being nice and it's a time, you know, to be to be good to people and kind of flips it upside down and, you know, Santa, quote unquote, you know, is a rapist and a brutal killer. Um, and it was cool that, you know, Billy was like trying to, even at the orphanage, he was trying to just stay away from, you know, Christmas and saying, like, he just, he didn't want to be a part of it, he wasn't trying to ruin it, he just didn't want to be a part of it, and then, you know, the head nun was, like, forcing him to be a part of it, and she was, like, trying to, like, make him face his fear, and, you know, hope he'll be cleansed or cured if he just faces it, and, you know, for him to get triggered later, and I, I kind of thought it was interesting, you know, when we see him, I thought just putting on the Santa suit was going to trigger him, and he was going to kill him for then, but he was okay with it, he was fine with it. And then, you know, he sees that girl with her boyfriend, and he is, like, kind of kind of trying to rape her because she said yeah, no. Yeah, he for sure her. is. <laughs> and it would, and that, that's, what, that's what triggered him. So it was funny to me that it wasn't just Santa that set him off. It was, it was Santa, and it was seeing, it was that combined with seeing, you know, like the flashback. From, yeah, when he was <laughs> peeping on those people having sex, and he got abused by the, the soccer room. Yeah, yeah like so I, he kind of flashed back with his mom and in the sand i think that all set him off so it was just funny that you know i thought that oh you know they put the sand suit on him he's gonna go fucking nuts and it wasn't i mean he was he was fine he was nervous but he was fine with it and then you know he sees you know basically like a flashback of his mom being raped and it was that guy and her boyfriend and he just went nuts and i don't know it was cool that it, it was almost like he was like in a trance from then on and just talking about people being naughty and, you know, just, I like that he killed people with an axe. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a giant crush on Linnea Quigley. Linnea Quigley, I love you. 
and uh, she was in this, naked as always, because that's what she does. Yeah, and this is before Return, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, you know, just looking fucking fox. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, her part was kind of small, but it was just kind of cool to see her play that little role. And, um, you know, it was neat to just see him go around and Pop just... Pop a little boner because you saw her naked. Yeah, you know, it's, it may or may not have happened. I'm so used to it now. Whenever she's on screen, she's naked. Like, I think I'd be more surprised if she wasn't naked. I think I'd be a little angry about it. Like, this is what you do. Like, I mean, what are you, what are you doing to us? So, uh, it was just enjoyable. It was, it was just fun. You know, I didn't know, I didn't know exactly how the twists and turns were going to go, where it was going to end up. Um, I mean, him ending up at the orphanage and, you know, is he going to kill all these little kids? Is he not? Um, you know, and then he ends up obviously, um, being stopped, which I kind of, I was surprised at that. I, I kind of thought that we would get more of like a, almost like a bigger ending, and then he was kind of just like stopped before he could really do a ton of damage. Like, obviously, if you think about kids being murdered, I think that's... The, I think the shocking part for me at the end that was that I liked was how they shot the wrong Santa. Like they, yeah, that was they funny. thought it was Billy, and it was actually the uh, it was the deaf the, priest. Yeah, the deaf priest. So they didn't he didn't <laughs> hear the cop shouting like, uh, "What are you doing?" And so he didn't respond, and the cop shot him and killed him. And, <laughs> Which is, it's funny, like, some, you know, like, stuff today, like, people getting shot, and people freak out, and it was just crazy how they were just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it happens, and the cops just were like, well, you know, it's, it is what it is, whatever, and kind of moved on but from it. But they just kind of go on with their, That's what know, I'm saying, it's like, it was like, well, we shot, we shot a deaf priest, no big deal, you know, right. we'll just, we'll go back to our regular lives and patrol and stuff, but, no, I really enjoyed it, um, I mean, I expected, I hoped to like it, and I expected to like it, and I wasn't disappointed, so, it was definitely, uh, definitely an enjoyable watch for me. So, nice around Christmas, too. RJ? I was really... I, I um, didn't really know what to expect going into this movie, but I have to say I really liked it. I was impressed. Um, with what TJ had said about Nightmare on Elm Street, I would say that this movie probably didn't even have half the budget that Nightmare on Elm Street did. Oh, absolutely not. And I, I think it was... Wait, you think this had... Less. Not even half of what... No, Elm Street was really low. Budget was yeah. I'll look it up right now, but Elm Street was low too. Well, but I mean, to make this movie, you don't you didn't need a whole lot, and that's what I really appreciated about it is you know, they they really didn't need a whole lot of special effects no. or anything like that. You know, they just found a couple of buildings that you know an old uh, orphanage building, um, an old store, and um, you know I, I was I was impressed with that. I was very uh, very pleased. I think um, what you might be thinking of is I mean. The budget of the Nightmare series overall, and like the later films when he transformed a lot, because in this one, he he wasn't really like much of a CGI character. He was more just like kind of a guy in a costume in the background. Um, yeah, but there's a lot more special effects. So like even even the makeup. I looked it up. Nightmare was 1.8 mil, and Silent Night Deadly Night is a million sixty-five thousand. So yeah, did that so, more. So yeah. Nightmare is had more of a budget, mm-hmm. but not so, quite. So I mean, much. it was almost. I mean, it wasn't yeah. quite double, but it was. You yeah. said one point eight million. But Nightmare, I'm pretty sure. Like so, Silent Night, Deadly Night did not flop. It got what it needed. Uh, Nightmare. Let me check real quick. It might have flopped though. What Nightmare or? Nightmare on Elm Street. Did not, yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street flopped. Like, it didn't make back what it, what it used. So it lost money? Yeah. I didn't know that. And Silent Night, Deadly Night made back what it needed at the box office, so... It was a little lower budget, but it still, like, performed better than Nightmare did, surprisingly. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just... It, I mean, that was my point, that it just, um... 
you know, it, it didn't have a lot of money, but it didn't need a lot of money to do this well. No, I agree. Yeah. And um, I think I think the saddest part of this is this boy. I mean, the highlight of every young man's teenage years is appreciating boobs, and you know, this guy was just it ruined for him. Did you see your boobs though? I don't remember seeing them. No, but I mean, when when his mom's getting murdered, yeah, you did. What, the, you know, when he's doing saying rip yeah. it, rip uh... it, raping. You know, he rips open her shirt just for a random reason, her boobs flop out, and that's what he sees. And every time, like, he has a flashback, it's a woman, topless woman, it just ruins it for him. It's just... If he's into women. I, well, I know he is, because I think I think what really bugged him was that girl flirted with him, and he had flirted back, and I think he, like, was interested in her, and then I think he found out, he was bummed when he found out that the little short, you know, stocky... Asshole. Like, asshole guy that was kind of his boss, kind of not, you know, was the one that was with her. And I think he was just, I think he was in there because he was kind of pissed and kind of shocked. And I don't think, I think it was just a trigger, honestly, because he killed her. He didn't have any sympathy. He just killed her. Like, once, yeah, once he was triggered. But they, if you watch again, he flirted with her and she flirted back yeah, at him. Yeah, he did. But that was before he, his, like, the, it got triggered in his mind. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying, though. But I think he, but he liked her. And that's why I think oh, he I thought, followed them back because he liked her and he was, you know, kind of Oh, I thought you were saying that he just killed them because he was jealous. No. Nah. No, no, you know he killed them because he was triggered. But before right. that, he liked her, and he didn't because he was given. He was a normal guy. He was giving that little guy shit, and he was like, he was a normal dude. And then you know, obviously, he gets that flashback, and he just changes into a killer. But I agree with you. I mean, it didn't need a big budget because it like the kills were simple but effective, and it didn't need this. You know, all this these effects and CGI, like an axe to the head, is good enough for a lot of this stuff. And yeah, he ends up putting that guy on like the antlers, like hangs him on the antlers, which was cool. Which you know we've we've seen that a few times, which I liked, and um, I don't know, it was just it was cool. I enjoyed it. It's something I'd watch again. So I gave this one a three point five out of five. That was my rating. Um, I so I ended up giving this movie a three. Um, it was definitely a good watch for me, and it was something that I would watch again, and it'd be fun to just pick up some of the stuff I missed the first time and just. You know, see if some of the theories I thought, you know, still hold ground at this point after a rewatch. So, solid movie for me, for sure. RJ? I gave this a uh, a four. Um, Like I said before, I was impressed with it. I didn't have very um, high expectations, but I was very pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it. I think I I thought it was a good pick, TJ. That's always nice is when you kind of go into something and you you either don't have any expectations at all or they're kind of low and you're pleasantly surprised. And it's a lot better than when you're excited about something and it doesn't meet your expectations. I think that always, that always sucks and it kind of hurts a little bit more. So, yeah, it was, it was a good good choice for sure. So, All right. Well, I don't have any ridiculous reviews this week, but I will be bringing that segment back either next week or for our next Spotlight episode for sure because we definitely like doing that one. Um, we want to give our next movies for the January movie night in case you all want to... Um, Pre- like prepare and watch before we review them since we do spoil them. Uh, Brent will be picking 30 Days of Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not currently streaming for free on any um, sites, but you can rent it uh, on uh, Amazon Prime for $2.99. Um, I will be doing Candyman, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, and I'm checking to see if that's streaming for you all. Yeah, it's not streaming currently at either um it's just available to purchase like the physical copy um rj what was your movie next month i will be doing the 1941 version of the wolfman all right so classic wolfman which is probably i would say the wolfman is probably my favorite 
uh, classic Universal Monsters movie. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon isn't far behind, but I, I would say Wolfman's number one. I'm trying to see if it's streaming. Does he um, does he fight any crime as a police officer? No, he doesn't. No, uh, he does not. He also doesn't have a ten foot dick that he wagged uh, around. Yeah. You don't see it. You don't really know that. You can't say that for sure. Wolfman's not streaming for free either. It's just available to rent as well on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. So at least uh, Wolfman and Thirty Days a Night you could rent if you wanted to. Hopefully those become available for free though. So if you guys want to save some money, yeah. uh, we all have a budget. Um, all right, guys, that's all we have for you. Uh, if you want to hit us, again, hit us with your suggestions, you know, your comments, yes. good, bad. Um, tell us how good we're doing, how much we suck. If you want to, you know, comment on any of the movies, you know, tell us what you thought. Um, you know, ask us random horror questions. Honestly, we don't even know all of our listeners. So if there are listeners out there that just want to reach out and uh, chat with us or give us any, like, your um, opinions on the movies we watched, just please send us an email just so we uh, can hear from you. Uh, those of the, the listeners that we do know in our, our personal lives, we, we know who you are, but, I mean... Anybody, can, just... Anybody can email, and the email is deathstereopodcast at gmail.com deathstereopodcast at gmail.com yeah um, I I think I'm going to create an Instagram page uh, for this pretty soon I mean it just helps to have as much of a social media presence as you can so um, it'll you know let us interact with people a little bit more so uh, stay tuned for that but um, yeah, know. we're playing some good stuff for you guys um, outside of our regular movie nights too. So we are looking forward to this. Yeah, if you've made it this far for three episodes, <clears throat> we love you. We appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we will just be getting better each time. So stay tuned for next time. All right, bye guys. Peace. See ya. I'm gonna just-